Support for Under the Radar comes from Wellwithall. Wellwithall believes that self-care is community care. Premium products crafted for your daily wellness, from sleep support to heart health to your daily regimen. 20% of Wellwithall's profits are committed to leading the fight for health equity. They won't stop until it is truly Wellwithall. Under the Radar to me means authenticity, not being filtered. It's a window in on the local stories that touch our lives. And there's a huge void in the traditional media covering this new faces of Boston. You may not be looking for a particular story, but when you hear about it, you're engaged. Under the radar means ahead of the curve. It's also perspectives. How does this particular story affect a community or a neighborhood? I'm Callie Crossley. This week on Under the Radar with Callie Crossley, we're exploring the food scene in the largest neighborhood in Boston, which is now home to WGBH's newest bureau, Dorchester. First, when you hear the word incubator, it may not bring to mind images of innovative food businesses developing tasty treats in a Dorchester warehouse, but that's exactly what Commonwealth Kitchen is, headquarters for local culinary startups. Later in the show, these Dorchester residents can't stop praising their neighborhood grocery store. And I think this is a wonderful place. It's great for the community, and it isn't just for, you know, people who are low income, it's for everybody. But the price is excellent, the food is great. So the prices are very low. You'll find things that you don't find in the other stores. But I've been coming back time and time again, and I'm very pleased with it. And it's just, just super. The Daily Table in Dorchester offers fresh foods at radically reduced prices with a mission to help the community. But first, joining me in the studio, Jen Fagel, Executive Director of Commonwealth Kitchen in Dorchester. Hello, Jen. Hello, great to be here. I'm glad to have you. Cassandria Campbell, owner of Fresh Food Generation. Welcome, Cassandria. Hello, thanks for having us. I'm glad to have you. And Celeste Croxon-Tate, owner of Lindigo Spice. Hello, Celeste. Hello, happy to be here. This is the tastiest conversation I'll be having in a while. Um, <laughs> I had the privilege of stopping by, looking at your workspace, and it just smells so good <laughs> once you hit the door. There's no question that there's lots of good food going on in the space and really interesting different businesses, Jen. Let's give a broad scope of what's happening in the kitchen. Sure. Mm. So so first of all, we're a nonprofit and our work is really about how do you help start and grow great small food companies. And so we provide this amazing shared kitchen. We have 50 different businesses that work in our kitchens. Almost 75% are owned by women and people of color and they are everything. Wholesalers, retailers, food trucks, caterers. They make jam and cookies and ice cream and you find their products at Whole Foods and at Roach Brothers and Star Market and just all over the place. It's an amazing amalgam of businesses and cultures and people coming together under one roof. How do they find their way to you? That's a great question. <laughs> Partly we're the only game in town, so that makes it life easy. We're the only shared kitchen in the city of Boston. Everybody has a dream of amazing recipe that they have that they want to start a business. And we provide this amazing place where people can come and they can learn how to create, how to scale, how to get their permit, their license, have a kitchen to work in. So it's kind of a, an amazing playground for people who want to start a food company. 
So I meant it when I said when you hear innovation, the way we've been using it, it's mostly applied in this way and incubation in the same sentence to tech companies. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of incubating tech companies around Boston where they sit cheek by jowl with each other and one business is doing this techie thing and another one's doing <laughs> another thing. But you never hear it applied to food. Right. Um, is this a model that has been used around the country and other places? Sure. I mean, why, why? how did this come to be? Yeah. So hmm. we say all the time that there is innovation happening all over the city, including in our amazing neighborhood of Dorchester, and that the work that's happening and the businesses that are coming out of our facility are doing amazing innovation work in the food space. So when you think about how they are operating their business and thinking about what the retail market looks like and how do you get to customers and thinking about where online sales and online marketing affects how business is changing and how clean labels and simple products and farm to table and all of those things, how do you as a small business create a company that's sustainable? And so there's enormous innovation that's happening in our facility. And certainly our work is part of a trend that you see around the country of people starting these kind of shared kitchens because it is so expensive to start a kitchen on your own. It's just think about the permits and the licensing and all the specialty equipment. Most of these companies could never do it on their own. And so you see around the country as the world is moving to more local food, clean labels, transparent products. As that's happening, more and more of these kind of shared kitchens are popping up all over. I would say the difference in what we are doing is we have an incredibly deep mission focus around minority women, immigrant, low-income people. We are in a very low-income neighborhood of Dorchester, and our focus is on asset building and wealth creation because our feeling is the best way out of poverty is you give somebody an opportunity to create assets and wealth. And guess what they're going to do? They're going to invest back in their neighborhood. They're going to put jobs in the neighborhood. They're going to support the Little Leagues and all of the other things. And so we really believe importantly in that part of the model, as well as we're creating community. And so what you'll hear from all the businesses that work in our facility is it's about who's in the kitchen and how they connect to each other, how they have the opportunity to connect to people like you that give their, their businesses a voice. And so there is a unique piece to what we're doing that I don't know anybody else around the country doing. That's my guest, Jen Fagel. She's executive director of Commonwealth Kitchen in Dorchester. Let me move over to Cassandria Campbell, owner of Fresh Food Generation. Now, Cassandria, this has been a really central experience for you working out of the Commonwealth Kitchen. Give us a bit of how you got started there and, and where you are now in your food journey, as we say. So Fresh Food Generation is a farm-to-plate food truck, cafe, and catering business. We started about three years ago with a food truck. And we really wanted to improve access to food in low-income neighborhoods, specifically Dorchester. I grew up there and wanted to see better food options that you could grab that was quick and on the go. That being said, when you become a food truck owner, the first thing you need is a commercial kitchen space. Commonwealth Kitchen happened to be opening <laughs> around the same time. Um, Jen is laughing because <laughs> I actually followed her around for a while. <laughs> okay. As persistence. She was, <laughs> persistence. Yeah. As she was talking about what Commonwealth Kitchen would be. And I got really lucky because it is an amazing space to be in, and there is a way to get there. So. Oh, so, so once you were in the kitchen and doing your thing, what, what hit you all at once about what you didn't know and what you came to know in that space? So my business partner and I, neither of us had a culinary background. So we were really starting from square one. 
we were, you know, running with this vision of improving food access, but we had to make the food. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Okay. Yes. But you felt confident about that piece that you could make the food. You just needed the access. Is that where you were coming from? We felt confident that there should be healthier food options in Dorchester mm-hmm. and that Commonwealth Kitchen was the right place to start that, given the support systems that we had there. So we were able to work with the executive chef who would constantly say, hey, there's a faster way to do that. <laughs> and, and sort of, you know, teach us um, basic skills and have that patience and understanding of knowing we weren't coming from a culinary background. We were also, and still to this date, able to receive business development advice, whether it's getting permits and license from the city or putting together a financial statement. And that is huge because a lot of us might be sitting around saying, I can whip up a little sauce in my kitchen, but then what? Right? Yes. <laughs> you, know, uh, yeah. you know, we practice making um, jerk sauce because we serve jerk chicken. But, you know, when you're doing it for a thousand people at a time, it's a very different process. <laughs> <laughs> and having help with that process, how to do it in an efficient, fast way that you don't lose the strength of the recipe or the quality of the product. It's really important to have um, help, and and Commonwealth Kitchen was that place for us. Great. That's Cassandra Campbell. She's owner of Fresh Food Generation. Moving over now to Celeste Croxon-Tate, owner of Lindigo Spice, and she's got some intriguing spice chutneys on our desk here. They look delicious. (laughs) All right, so you were one of those people saying, I like to cook. I'm going to experiment with this, and I'm going to get it just right. First, tell us what your product is and how you came to be to Commonwealth Kitchen. Okay, so Linda Go Spice is um, an artisanal line of chutneys, relishes, and fruit spreads, and I also have a spice rub as well. Mm-hmm. And it came to be, um, I, I love to cook, and I've, I've been cooking since I was like 10 or 12. And I would always cook for my friends, and they would always say, you need to start a catering business. You, you really do. So I did back in 2006, and before Commonwealth Kitchen was at, in Dorchester, there, I started at Jamaica Plain. They had a space over in Jamaica Plain. It was New Esther Culinary Ventures that um, was run by the city. Then it was Crop Circle Kitchen. Now it's Commonwealth Kitchen. So I worked at the JP site. So for my catering clients, I would make jerk chicken. But it can be a little spicy. Mm-hmm. So I love it, I, Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, so yeah. Good. Uh-huh. And so I said, well, I need to make something to stave off the heat a little bit. So I would make a pineapple chutney. So at every event, everybody would be leaving with, like, all the jerk chicken would be gone. But this is a little bit more of the pineapple chutney. I was like, where can we get it? And I'm like, well, you know, I just make it. You just wrap this up and you can take it. I said, well, you know, please let us know. So... That was in 2006. So in 2008, when the economy just got really bad, I took some time off from the catering, and I developed the line of chutneys and relishes. The hardest part for me was writing the recipes because I do not write anything down. I just cook. Oh, and let me put you on pause and mention some of the different varieties you have here. Savory red pepper relish, smoked peach and cherry, ginger blueberry, 
mm-hmm. and fennel and fig, which I know I do a wine segment. It's part of Under the Radar's offerings. Fennel and fig would be mm-hmm. so good with cheese and wines, just oh, saying. Yes. So that's another use for your chutney. Yes, yes. <laughs> and smoked strawberry. So anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so I developed the whole line, but the hardest part, like I said, was doing the recipes because I don't, I don't use recipes. So I've been trying to write a cookbook for like 12 years. It's just not <laughs> happening. And I just started making them, and the recipes kept coming. But I had to put make sure for me and my family, because we have a lot of diabetics in my family, my husband has hypertension, I wanted to make sure that my line was low in sugar and low in sodium. So that's what I worked on for two years with my recipes. And it's just, they're just not condiments. You can also cook with them. Multi-purpose. Yes, they're Mm -hmm. multi-purpose. So right now I'm in the process of relaunching the catering part. So the catering, it's Lindigo Spice Catering as well. And the food that I have is um, home style, more or less what I cook at home for my family. I have two adult sons and my husband, and they can eat. So how did you get from, you know, not having a recipe, just cooking what you like, knowing that your mission was to make it low in sugar, uh, to address all these dietary needs? How did Commonwealth Kitchen help you shape all of that and come to end up with these beautiful bottles with this delicious stuff? Okay, well, providing the space. (laughs) And like Jen said, it's a lot to build your own kitchen. I I researched it. I have, um, I live in Hyde Park now. The property I live on, I have a carriage house. I called the city. I said, well, you know, what about me? Is it possible for me to, you know, do make a commercial kitchen? And they said, not in this lifetime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, good try. So, yeah. I, yeah, it was a good try. So I said, okay, well. Um, so then they were in the process of building the bigger space on Quincy Street. And they just have made it so easy for me to make all of this. Mm-hmm. Like, like for the smoky peach and cherry and the smoked strawberry, I made some contraption at home because I wanted to smoke them myself. And using spices made it a little too bitter. So I woke my husband up at like 4 in the morning. I'm like, I'm going to smoke the peaches. He said, okay, (laughs) you do that. I'm going back to sleep. But like Cassandra said, there's the executive chef there, Brad. He's just like, you know, there is an easier way to do that. Because I came in one day with all of my stuff and my witch chips and everything. He was like, no, you got to use that. And what is it called? The combi therm oven. Combi therm oven. And they showed me how to use it. And now I can smoke like triple the amount of peaches and strawberries to do that. So and just with all of the equipment that they have there and all the resources from workshops, uh, labeling requirements, different serve safe classes Mm -hmm. and everything has helped me a lot. If you're just tuning in, this is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. I'm Callie Crossley, and here with me are Jen Fagel, Executive Director of Commonwealth Kitchen, Cassandra Campbell, owner of Fresh Food Generation, and Celeste Croxon-Tate, owner of Lindigo Spice. You just heard her. And we're discussing Commonwealth Kitchen, the food incubator in Dorchester that helped Cassandra and Celeste take their food businesses to the next level. So I want to speak about community because not only you've talked about the one of the resources being the actual equipment, mm-hmm. I want all of you to address this, but part of the resources, not just the executive chef, but the other people that you're working next to, even if they're doing different products. Talk about what it means to be in a space that your logo says, cook, create, collaborate. So I'll start with you, Cassandra. What does that community space do for you? Mm-hmm. 
It's amazing because we have the opportunity to collaborate with other vendors, and we absolutely do. So we run a small cafe within Dot House Community Health Center. And in that cafe, we're able to offer the products of other vendors. So we work with Top Shelf Cookies, Third Cliff Bakery, folks who put a lot of time and effort into producing a quality product. And when you bite into their stuff, you can taste the difference. So we're able to bring these quality products into a community health center. And people can taste the difference between something that comes off of a shelf from a convenience store and something that was freshly made down the street. So the collaboration to get all of our products out there is is really strong and, and has been a huge asset to being in this space. Celeste, what is that community, working in that community space with other vendors, how does that help you? It's helped me a lot, just to piggyback off what Cassandra said, just working next to different companies. Minus the Moo, they're there as well, two girls that make lactose-free ice cream. And so we have been toying with having my smoky peach and cherry go into one of their ice creams. So we're working on that. And then Heather from Top Shelf Cookies as well, we're trying to collaborate on her using something, one of my products and one of her cookies. So it's great. And whenever I can't accommodate someone that gives me a call for catering or something like that, I refer them to one of the other caterers or businesses. Say if they just want empanadas or something, I'll let them know about Cassandra because they make an awesome empanada. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, i got to remember that. It goes well with the chutney. (laughs) Uh, Jen, speak to that community space and how you've seen it through people who are there now and your graduates taking it out and with them as they have left and by themselves and, you know, started their own businesses. Yeah, I mean, I'm always amazed and humbled at how hard these folks work to build these businesses. The food industry is, it's almost impossible, right? It's It's just so much. And they have to do so many things. They're the dishwasher. They're the cook. They're the cleaner. They're the orderer. They're doing the distribution. They're doing the delivery. They're managing their staff. And so having a place where they can do that together and watching people just sit at, we have this communal table where people are getting coffee and they're doing their paperwork. It's cool to see when people are talking to each other and just feeling like, because it's so hard to be able to talk with other people who have been through it with you and say, it's okay, pick yourself up, keep going, you're going to figure it out. People who are like, each one teach one, so everybody's coaching each other. We have um, one of our baker's top shelf cookies is an incredible mentor for the other bakers. People are always surprised at this, like aren't they competitive? And in fact, she's sitting there looking at their pricing and saying, you're not making any money. Let me sit with you and do your books with you. And let me teach you so you make new mistakes. Don't make the mistakes I made. And I always say all the time, we have the privilege of being around all these amazing companies. And it's them talking to each other and mentoring each other that is the secret sauce that makes our facility work the way it does. Well, I hope people are getting that there is such a variety in the the 50 businesses that are part of this shared kitchen. And part of that variety, um, one of your other vendors is Grace Connor, who's quite young. (laughs) Um, She started making ice cream when she was eight. She's a Milton uh, Academy graduate. Her product is called Little G Ice Cream. I literally stumbled across this in Formaggio's Kitchen in Cambridge, one of my neighborhood stores, and said, oh, I'll try this. And I don't even really like coffee ice cream. I told Mm. her 
this. And I said, oh, my God, this is so good. Anyway, I wanted Grace to weigh in on what she thought being a part of a community space is, how it's helped her. And now she's 18, by the way. So this is Grace Connor of Little G Ice Cream. We talked to her on site at Commonwealth Kitchen. I'd say the most helpful part is that everyone is going through something similar, but they're all kind of different. So someone will be doing cookies, someone will be doing sauces, but they're still trying to, you know, get in stores and face those challenges that you are. And everyone's also kind of at different points in their business. So it's good to talk to people who are ahead of you and help people who are behind you and just see this big trajectory that everyone's kind of on together. That was Grace Connor. She's 18 now. Her product is Little G Ice Cream, which is ridiculously good. Um, she uh, began one of her sentences to me was when I was a kid. I said, um, you're still a kid. But my point is that there is so much difference and variety there in the specialty products. Right. And I wanted, Jen, for you to talk about one of the opportunities you had recently in this pop-up out at the street in Chestnut Hill. Oh, yeah. If people know Chestnut Hill out where the Superlux Theater is, and mm-hmm. there's something called the street where there's a lot of different communities. There was a pop-up for two months, and right. a lot of your products were featured. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh. so it was an amazing opportunity. So right on Route 9 in Chestnut Hill, the developer, WS Development, said, we have a space that's going to sit there. What do you want to do? And we looked at our companies and said, we got to get their stuff out there. And so the plan really was to highlight one of our food trucks every month with doing like hot food. So we had our Jamaicans doing amazing, Jamaican me hungry, you know, all their amazing plates. But then we were able to feature all of this wonderful pantry items so that you could come and you could just taste the product. One of our companies, Nola Salsa, says all the time, the thing I need to do is get this food in your mouth, because if it's in your mouth, you will buy it again. <laughs> and so what we loved, what she was exactly right, was then when we put all these products out and people had a chance to taste it and understand what folks are doing, that it was magic. And so the number of people who were buying products was way more than we thought when we had the pop-up there. And it's another example of what's happening in food where people are looking for something interesting and special and where they can learn who made it and where it came from. And people were so surprised at how much food was being made in Dorchester. It was an amazing opportunity. We look forward to doing additional pop-ups again because we feel like it helps to get our company's message out there and for people to learn about all the amazing things happening in our kitchen. Come to Cambridge. (laughs) I want to pop up in Cambridge. (laughs) Okay. Um, I want to mention some of your other companies that you mentioned, Nola's Fresh Salsa, then there's Baja Taco Truck. Uh, We mentioned Little G ice cream, cold brew coffee. Some of your graduates, Alex's ugly sauce. I've had that sauce. I love hot sauce. It's so good if you yep. like hot sauce. Yep. And batch ice cream, I've tried them too, and they're they're very good. So there's a real variety of what you can do. All right. So what happens when you graduate? Mm-hmm. How do you know when it's time to leave the nest and get out there? Um, Cassandra, are you feeling that? Or Celeste, are you feeling that? Or I don't know how you. So that was. one thing. <laughs> I've learned at being at Commonwealth Kitchen is how hard it is to run a kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, <laughs> a- amen. There, there's a lot of things to think about that being in that shared space, I don't have to worry about. If um, an equipment breaks down, Jen's going to get it fixed. Yeah, I've got it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, as a business, I don't think that we're there yet. 
But I think that we are on that trajectory and being in a space where we can see how a kitchen is properly run, I think prepares us to eventually have our own space in the long run, other than going out directly and buying our own space and end up failing because you just don't know what you don't know. And even you fail, even though it's a great idea and you have a good product. Celeste, how would you answer that? Yeah, so I don't think I'm there yet because I have a lot more flavors that I want to introduce. (laughs) And like I said, I just relaunched the catering aspect. So I'm just trying to build clientele with that and just get the product out there in more stores. Um, Everything's available on my website, but just trying to get it out there and in more stores. Opening a restaurant, I don't know. I've been toying with it, but it's hard running the kitchen. (laughs) So um, just even going in there and, you know, working when it's packed, it's been full where you couldn't even get in the doorway. Mm -hmm. So, um, Mm -hmm. but it just works. So I don't think I'm there yet to graduate, but I will be a graduate soon. (laughs) Uh, Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Jen, when we were on site talking with you, one of the things that is the advantage to what the Celeste and the Cassandrias are doing is that they are fully focusing on one thing. So when uh, Celeste talks about artisanal, that's what we mean, that your product is so, so special that it is elevated to a a different space. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're producing there. So you can then go in any space. You can uh, be a part of a food truck that is accessible to people who've never had that. And you can also end up in Formaggio's Kitchen, you know, which is a very Mm -hmm. high-end, small uh, grocery store. So talk about that a little bit, about what that means. Yeah. So the amazing thing when you come into the kitchen is people come in with this passion. And I mean, you heard Celeste, how many years you work on your product? Three, four years to come Mm -hmm. up with a recipe? Yeah. It better be damn good, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you spent that much time on it. Mm -hmm. And for most of our companies that are making a product, that's what they're doing. They have this passion to do that one or two things. And you sort of think, oh, sure, it's chutney. But then you taste it Mm -hmm. and the layers of the flavor and the depth Mm -hmm. and the... And you understand the passion that goes behind it. And so we feel like part of our work is trying to help tell their story and how to get them into the market. So how do we help them get into the formaggios of the world? And little G, we just got her into Target, if you Mm, can believe that. Mm, Yeah, mm. crazy. Because we're trying to figure out how do we use the platform that we have and the resources to help get their story out? They still have to be the entrepreneur and go sell their product, but where, what's the trajectory? And this question about the graduation, if you think about our companies, there's kind of two kinds of companies we have. There are the folks like Cassandria who are caterers and their food trucks, and usually their goal is a restaurant, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. people have come out of our kitchen, Roxy's Grilled Cheese and Clover Food Lab and Down Home Delivery, right? They started with doing one thing. They got into a restaurant because retail is really the right place. Mm-hmm. You think about what Celeste is doing with her product, right? Chutney is wonderful. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily eat an entire thing of chutney every day. Maybe Celeste does, mm-hmm. or maybe she'll convince us we should. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's a much steeper climb to get to that next level. And so for those companies that are making products, in many cases, the next step for them is to find somebody, what's called a co-packer, to manufacture it for them. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of businesses get stuck, is because the traditional way of doing this is you'd have somebody make your chutney for you Mm -hmm. and they don't have the passion that you do they don't care the same way and they want to do it in mass production Mm -hmm. and so there's still a a gap in the marketplace for companies as they grow so we actually about a year and a half ago started doing our own contract manufacturing in small batches Mm -hmm. so that we could help these companies get to that next level so like a nola salsa 
when she's now in a hundred stores and she's in Star Market and Whole Foods and she's got a distributor and she's still making it herself. It's a terrible business model, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because it's still yeah. only one day a week right, of production. Right. We got to get her out of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And so we have this model where we said, why don't we take that over for you? You run out and sell your product and do more stuff because that's what you know how to do. Nobody but Celeste can tell the story of her product. Mm-hmm. But if we understand what she wants and can be in partnership with her, we can make that not as well as she can, but pretty darn good. And so what we see is this two-path trajectory. For some people, they're going into retail. In other places, we are helping them move their contract processing to the next level so that eventually they can be like McRae's Candies where they open up their own facility in Hyde Park. And also just to have it in different uh, spaces, because I ran across some of the Commonwealth Kitchen products at the Boston Public Market, which I love Mm -hmm. uh, because the focus is only on Massachusetts-made products. So that's a ready place for all of you Mm -hmm. to certainly sell your products or test them out with the audiences there because anybody that comes there knows everything made here was made in Massachusetts. That's right. So I've run across a lot of great stuff, you know, from your kitchen. In fact, I think that's made me become more aware of it by ending up there and tasting a few products from there. And people are Mm. surprised at Mm. the stuff that we make that's there. So, for example, Taza Chocolate is there. Mm. We make the churros for them, which Mm -hmm. people are often surprised at. So because this is the reality of how food works is that other people often make people's food. But part of the work we're doing now with folks like Celeste and Little G is where else could we help people learn about and get access to the market. So Mm -hmm. where is the Amazon relationship? We're in a conversation right now about can we get into Logan Airport because they're great gifts to people to take with them. Like where else can we help our companies get access? Um, We're in this interesting conversation right now with Harvard University. You think about Harvard, they have a dining service and they have catering and they have retail. So that chutney, that's beautiful for all three of those opportunities. So if we can make that relationship, then there's a way where we can help these companies get to that next level, start to build their own connections and continue to grow the business. And don't forget the wine stores for fennel and fig chutney. Just saying. (laughs) That would be perfect. (laughs) If you're just tuning in, this is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley, apparently marketing in here. I'm Callie Crossley, (laughs) and I'm here with Jen Fagel, Cassandra Campbell, and Celeste Crocs and Tate, and we're talking about the food incubator Commonwealth Kitchen in Dorchester. Now, one thing, Jen Fagel, I want you to explain, because I I read someplace where you said, you're not an accelerator, you're an incubator, and I wonder if you could explain the difference. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny that you say that because not only are we not an accelerator, we keep saying we're not really an incubator either anymore. <laughs> okay. So right. we don't know what the heck we are. Right. So if you can you're help us... an identity crisis. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So if you can help us figure that out, that would be great. Okay. But conceptually, accelerators are very short-term. It's somebody stepping on the gas with you with a business. You think about this in the tech side, right? We're going to be in business with you. We're going to invest money money in you. We're going to push you from an idea into a product, right? And incubators are usually earlier than that, where you have an idea, you're just trying to figure it out. And in both cases, usually these are short term, you're there for a little while, and then they kick you out of the nest, it's time to go. And we're neither of those things. Mm. You think about it, right? Like Celeste has been with us for what, four years? Mm -hmm. Cassandra's been with us for three or four years. They'll probably be with us longer. And really, it's a partnership. So we keep trying to think about that the model is much more like what equity investors do. You think about an Mm -hmm. equity investor in in a tech company, and they have a board, and the board are advisors and their coaches, and they're giving them access to market, and they're connecting them with manufacturing, and they're connecting them with funding. And in many ways, that's what we're doing for the companies. So 
don't know what this is. <laughs> but it's working. <laughs> but, right. Well, hopefully. Yeah, I think it's working. Hopefully. Um, I just wanted to, you know, highlight some of your funders because um, mm-hmm. one of them in particular, Cummings Foundation, mm-hmm. um, you were the recipient, one of five here locally to get 500000 for them. So that is a huge vote of confidence. Enormous. Uh, that they believe that this is uh, the way to go and yes. um, this is an economic development plan that's different and delicious. So I want to go back to uh, our entrepreneurs here and ask you the question I love to ask people who are starting businesses or are passionate. What excites you about this and what keeps you going as you're coming into your own Cassandria? Honestly, my employees, they are awesome. They work really hard. They love being in a shared kitchen space. Um, They love talking to the other businesses there. They care about each other. And so, you know, when times get hard, I always think about them. You know, I have people that I can go into work and are just as excited to do the work as I am. Well, and also we should just underscore that you're hiring people locally. So it's not just an opportunity for you. It's actually an opportunity for many other people as well. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's important. All right, Celeste, what's (laughs) what's excites you about this? I love the food. I love food. I do. I love the food aspect of it. I love creating recipes. I love sharing my food with people. I love to see people eat my food. Mm. And whenever I can help someone, have one of the students from the Croc Center, which I was hooked up with via the kitchen, come in and help me, you know, create my food. And just the environment. It's a great environment. The people there are awesome. Um, I have friends that come in and help me. They're working for food now. (laughs) Okay, I hear you. Okay, okay. Okay, it's kind of an in-kind contribution. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But as I grow, I do intend on um, hiring more people from the community. But for me, it's, it's all about the food. And, you know, I... My regular job, I, I'm a police officer, so I, this is how I decompress. Right, right. So, so you I can't cook. be spicy on the job. You right. have to be spicy well, off the job. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. So, yes, Linda goes spice. We're full of flavor with a spicy attitude. <laughs> I did want to mention that you, that you named your spice in honor of your sister. Uh, I yes, did. Yes. My older sister, Rachel Lynn, she passed away in 83. She was 20. She was a victim of domestic violence. And I said, this, so this whole company is about her and, and honoring her. And I said, the, the indigo part comes from me wanting to name a little, my little girl. If I ever had a little girl, I would name her indigo. Okay. But I have boys. <laughs> so when I was thinking of a name for my catering company in 2006, my son Victor walked by me with like a bowl of cereal. He was like, I had all these stickies on the table with all these names and combinations. And he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to think of a name for the company. He was like, he just looked. He said, just say Lindigo. And he walked away. Oh, and so it stuck. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. And he, you know, he doesn't remember that. Yeah, yeah. But I said, that, that's where the name came from. So, yes, this is paying homage to my, to my sister because we were very close. And I, I'm sure she would be very proud of me. Well, the whole venture, I have to say, is exciting. It's certainly, as I said, delicious. Um, it's really interesting just to walk through your facility. I enjoyed it. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing all of you graduates and new coming in and uh, tasting new products. So thank you all for joining me. Awesome. Thank you, thank you so much for having thank us. You. What fun. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Jen Fagel is the executive director of Commonwealth Kitchen in Dorchester. Cassandria Campbell is the owner of Fresh Food Generation. And Celeste Croxon-Tate is the owner of Lindigo Spice. 
Coming up, a grocery store that's fighting both hunger and obesity and offering fresh foods at affordable prices. It's only happening in Dorchester. That's up next. This is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. I'm Callie Crossley.